Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of A Good Drop, where every other week or so we uh, hit a low point in our episodes. We've hit a low point in the podcast because we're talking about low-carb beer. That's right. It's a disappointing episode. No, no, it's just low-carb. <laughs> could, could still be disappointing. I'm Stu. I'm Michael. Cheers. Cheers. Low-carb beer, it, um, it's new, it's improved, it's uh, great for your waistline, apparently, and uh, full of flavour, or so they say. Well, new- new-ish. It's new-ish, because it's actually older than you may have thought. Well, the, the label's own, the label-specific low-carb has only been around for a, maybe a de- decade or two. Yeah, though the actual concept of the thing, the very first low-carb beer popped into existence, just materialized out of thin air when someone was at the gym. No, it was it was actually <laughs> invented by CUB, Carlton United Breweries, at least in Australia, Pure Blonde, was the first. The OG. In, in 2004. Yeah, that's, a, that's less than a couple of decades. Well, less than a couple of decades, yes, yeah. but not much. Yeah. And it, it's, it's still not that new, especially when you consider the low-carb label being slapped onto stuff is only about 10 years old. Yeah. But the beers that are low-carb have been around for for about 100 years. Yeah. They just... Or possibly much longer. Hmm. But then aren't they all low-carb? Depends what you compare them to. Yeah. Some are, well, in, in the case of what we're talking about today, the uh, the Pure Blondes and other low carbs, Bud Light, uh, Miller Light, these are all low carb beers. They're all And they're all designed to be lower in carbohydrates than the average beer. <clears throat> yes, exactly right. And a lot of people began drinking them because they were health conscious. Health-conscious people want to drink low-carb beers because it's good for the waistline. Yeah. Or some is pe- it? Some people are counting carbs, and that's important. Yes, because carbs are the enemy. Wait, no, it's calories. <laughs> Who knows what it is at this point? It could be radiation. Yes, we, we, we're, we're, not, uh, we're not a fitness podcast. We're not a health podcast. Let's not get too caught up in that. No. But we're going to have to talk about it a little bit in this episode because... That's kind of the market that has just gone absolutely apeshit yeah. for low-carb beer. Yeah. Well, it and that's it. It's all marketing. Yes, exactly right. Exactly right. And so if, uh, if you're a person who drinks low-carb beer for the taste, you'll probably really like this episode because you're just going to learn a bunch of stuff about a beer you like the taste of. But if you're a person who drinks it because you think it's good for you, you're in for a surprise. It's beer. (laughs) Believe it or not, low-carb beer is not as much healthier than regular full-bodied, full-strength beer as you may have thought. No. Which surprised me. Uh, Just before we get too much into it, I'm going to have to apologize for my very noisy neighbor. Uh, He moved in recently and loves loud music. 
Yeah. Um, so I'll do my best to uh, edit that out, but there's only so much I can do. Good thing we have uh, good microphones. Indeed. Um, but yeah, it's uh, not not as much of a difference as I first thought. It's um, definitely low carb. They're not lying to you there. It's lower in carb than the average beer. Yes. When, when they say things like pure blonde is less than one third the carbohydrates of a full strength beer. Well, we, we have a, a pure blonde in front of us and it says 80% less carbohydrates. And completely true. But less carbohydrates than what? Yeah. It also says less, 50% less calories than wine per mil. Than wine. Than wine. Which is uh, comparing apples to oranges. Yeah, and a, a dead giveaway of their market there, I suppose. Mm. Because there are people who drink wine as a, well, this is actually kind of good for me. Yeah. Because, yeah, they say a glass a day. <laughs> Do they still say that? I think so, yeah. Hmm. And, you know, you'd get some very aggressive Italians disagreeing with you if you said otherwise. <laughs> that is true. That is true. So, what else, Mikkel? But Yeah, so I guess let's get into how many carbohydrates there actually are mm. in a full-strength beer. Because you're looking at an average of nine grams of carbohydrates per bottle. Yeah. Which is not much when you look at it at a, a pure, pure numbers standpoint. Yeah, when when you consider that you know you look about three hundred seventy five mils, so that's three hundred seventy five grams. Nine grams of that is carbohydrates. Yeah, in a pure blonde, it's two, I believe, two grams. Uh, yeah, I I believe that's about right. But um, the difference between the number of grams, seven seven grams difference. Yeah, which again seems like a very big number. When you're comparing well, it like that. Yeah, well, that's seven grams less, but it's not really that much. What's seven grams of carbohydrates? Well, it's a half a slice of bread, Stuart. It's half a can of soft drink. That's uh, sweet F.A., really. <laughs> yeah. Well, and even when you get into calories, mm. like, yes, it's lower in calories. Yes, it is. Absolutely. Mm. But beer doesn't have that many calories anyway. For like we we have two low carb beers in front of us, mostly so we can compare the flavors of low carb beers, because we are we do want to talk about that. We want to talk about flavor and appearance and the same things we always talk about. Yeah, one point seven calories in the pure blondes, to be precise. Oh, but that would be per hundred mil. Per serving. Oh, per serving. Yep. And there is. Uh, meanwhile, the Burley Big Head No Carb Lager, which is the other low-carb beer we're drinking, contains no carbohydrates whatsoever, mm. which is admittedly 100% less than you get in other beers. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. But if you look at the uh, energy, the kilojoules or calories, um, you're looking at 88 calories in this... Sorry. You're looking at... That's the fucking same. Like 89 calories in your... 89 or 90 calories in your pure blonde, or for us Australians, it's 387 kilojoules. Yeah, and we, the other one is about the same. Yeah. 
But when you so where, that, where's the energy coming from? Oh well, it's coming from the alcohol, of course. And so the the key difference is actually in well, I would say, I say the key difference is in the alcohol content, and that light beers would have less calories. But generally, when there are less calories, it's possibly comparable between a light beer and a low-calorie, low-carb beer. Mm. But that difference isn't immense. No. Like we, we know how many calories are in these. It's not much. But there's also pretty few calories in other beers. Like a, a Cooper's Pale Ale has 131 calories and a Heineken has 139 which, in the whole bottle. Which is still close to 50% more than the two beers we have in front of us. It is. But when we put that in context, there are 136 calories in a standard-sized Mars bar. Exactly. So, uh, so what would you prefer, a Mars bar or a full-strength beer? Well, exactly right. Yeah. I suppose it's all about context. Yeah. When? Where am I? What time of day is it? Yeah. And Do I need to work, rest, and play, or am I just playing? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, if you're having a bender, I suppose the differences might stack up after a half a dozen or two dozen. I don't know. Yeah. That, well, that's it. And that brings me to an interesting study that was done admittedly a while ago now, back in 2010, that found that a rather large percentage of people, because they think it's better for them, actually drink more when they're drinking low-carb beer. Mm. That's uh, that's proven in a lot of uh, unrelated studies too, where they're looking at uh, health, the healthy, the uh, so-called healthy thing versus the regular thing people eat more of it because it, they think it's better for them. But because they eat more, it cancels out. Yeah, or they go, well, this is really low in calories. I can have three of them. Mm. But now you've had the same. Yeah. Well, in this case, it'd be um, two, two, sorry, three low-carb beers to one to two regular beers. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so about that. Mm. And that's... Based on the statistics, that's roughly what people are doing. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess it's much of a muchness. Mm. But that brings me right back to my original point of if you're drinking them because you like the taste, keep on drinking them. But if the only reason you're drinking them is the health aspects... That's, that's been pretty much bunk, debunked. Yeah, maybe don't worry so much about it because yeah. it's, it's the difference of one beer in every three. Yeah. And you'll make far more of a difference by just not having a beer. Because not only do you have the the carbs, you've also got the alcohol making a pretty strong difference in itself. Um, Alcohol has been proven to reduce uh, fat usage. And so that's what gives us the, uh, the typical beer gut. That yeah. you hear about all the time. Yes, it slows metabolism. Yeah. And you'd get that no matter what you're drinking. But 
the uh, alcohol coupled with the carbohydrates that are in it, coupled with the CO2, it's the uh, the trifecta of the beer gut. Yeah. And so I guess then this gives a decent segue to talk about non-alcoholic beers, which we haven't done. And at some point we'll probably just do an episode on non-alcoholic beers. But why? There's no alcohol in it. This this is a good drop podcast all about alcohol. All about alcohol, that's true. So this yeah. is this is all the this is all the mention it ever gets. <laughs> this is it right now. As a as a slight as an aside. As a nudge into something else, just mentioning that they exist. They do exist. And some of them actually taste like beer. Well, as much like beer as you know, the watered down sort of beers do, I guess. Yeah. And I suppose we should Acknowledge that they are becoming quite popular as a beer substitute for people that are hooked on the flavor, and they are improving. Let's you can't really be, yeah, I can't emphasize that enough. That mm. originally the non-alcoholic beers were like sex in a canoe. <laughs> I'm not saying the other half of that joke. Well, everybody knows the other half of it anyway. But the point <laughs> is that they've improved. Yes. They're more flavorful. They taste more like beer. Yeah. And with the exception of you know, varieties that are intended to be beer-esque without actually tasting like beer. And that there are some that aren't trying to taste like beer, like an Australian non-alcoholic beer called Sober, which is made using... Well, it's it's really more like a herbal liqueur. It's made using Australian botanicals. I must admit, I've seen more of those um, alcohol-free spirits in the shops lately as well. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Mm. Alcohol-free spirits. Yeah, like they're distilled spirits without alcohol in it. Go figure. And why distill it at all? Yeah. Well, we, that's something we need to look, look into. Why? Because we're all about the Why? Yes, but we're also all about alcohol. You you pointed that out yourself. Why? <laughs> Touche, Michael. Touche. Um, yeah. So we we've digressed heavily. Yes, we should talk about the flavor. Yes, we should because we do have these two very different low carb beers in front of us. Mm. Well, they they are both lagers, however. So how different could they be? Well, surprisingly, I mean, they're they're both the sort of color you'd expect from a lager. Yeah, that the, that pale, pale yellow color. Um, the the pure blonde is a is what's called a a blonde beer. It um it fits the bill for every other beer in that category. Yes, and the big head, no carb lager, is yeah, it's that sort of golden color, but it has a very unique taste. Smells like beer. Oh, it's definitely made from beer. It's made from beer. No doubt about that. It is that. beer. Yes. How is it made from beer if it is beer? <laughs> um, well, it smells like a lager, but it mm. smells like a Australian lager. It smells a little fruity, uh, bit, well, bit it, light. It, it doesn't have that uh, cured meat smell that a lot of European lagers have. Mm, very true. Mm. Yeah, because the the entire Australian palate seems to be always pushing towards either the the fruity side or the spicy side. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. As opposed to more of the hearty side, like the the European beers. Yeah. So. Yeah, so let's describe the taste because it doesn't really taste. Well, we've got to taste it first, Michael. Yeah. So on that note, cheers. Cheers. I'm I'm very cautious about clinking these glasses. Yeah. They're very fragile. So they're going to go thonk. Clonk. Because we, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it definitely tastes like a lager, but I can't taste. Yeah, I can taste those things that you said. The the slight fluty, fluty, fruity floral notes. Um. Definitely lager. Slightly bitter. Um. Very refre- refreshing. This would be perfect on an ice cold, on a uh, stinking hot summer's day. Yes. And has an interesting mouthfeel too, like what the what the aftertaste does on your tongue. Mm. It's, it's ends, my tongue ends up very dry, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it makes you want, almost need to have another mouthful. Mm. Lager's good at that. Yeah. Um, but it's... I suppose the overall body feel of the uh, the overall body of the drink feels very light, and that's probably an effect of being low carb. Yeah, it's certainly easy to drink, and it's not excessively carbonated either. Though I am, uh, with any beer, you're going to get a little bit of a gassy sensation out of it, mm. especially lagers. Mm. Pretty much any beer, really. Yeah. That is true. You won't hear that one. You'll hear that one, though. Mm. Well, yeah, this one, it's not so bad. Mm. It's not like drinking Pepsi Max or something where it's, you know, or 7-Up, heaven forbid. 7-Up Max? Well, it's just so excessively bubbly. Oh, I find Coke excessively bubbly, too. Like, it's got uh, really big bubbles on it. When you drink it. Yeah, I'll admit there are some soft drinks that are almost impossible to drink without, well, without burping. Mm. Most soft drinks. Most. Most. Mm. Depends um, how fast you drink them, really. But Yeah. So, on that note, should we slowly drink this one and then crack open a pure blonde? Yes, it's... Uh, Yes, we'll we'll take our time with the big head and then we'll get into a pure blonde. And we are back and ready to slip into a blonde. We are ready. To... Wait, what? <laughs> Keep it PG, Mickle. Uh, a Jeez. pure blonde, that is. <laughs> yes, we have some ice cold Australian lager. This is made by Cub, you said. Yes, CUB. Yes, Carlton and United Breweries. Yeah. Yeah, one of one of the big ones down under, yeah. Carlton and United Breweries. Which is small fry compared to the rest of the world, but... Yeah, com- compared to the big ones like yeah. Diageo. And Bacardi. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Australia's small fry. Period. Le- yeah. Less than, uh, less than three... Less than 30 million people. Yes. Yeah. 
Are we even statistically significant? Yes, yes, we are. Oh, we are. Oh, yeah, much much more so than Finland. <laughs> Fair enough. Because Finland only makes up l- slightly less than 1% of the world's population, which means statistically, since yeah. all statistics are plus or minus 1%, Finland don't exist. No, I don't think that counts. I don't think that's true. But with 30 million people, that's less than 1%. Well, I mean, yeah, we have less people in our in our entire country than there are in Beijing. Yeah. So thirty million out of seven point two billion. That's yeah, less than one percent. Yeah. We are st- statistically insignificant, and yet no one knows where we are. Mm. Well, we are a very, very large country, though. It's just that about ninety percent of it is uninhabitable. Yeah, too many drop bears. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, back to uh, booze. Let's crack yes. open a beer. Good sound. Great sound. Love it. Mm. I noticed you twisted it. <laughs> I did. Twisting does make its own unique sound. Eh, I guess. Everything's a pop top, as far as I'm concerned. Just uh, don't worry about it. So yeah, uh, pure blonde is one of is one of the most well known uh, low carb beers in Australia. Um, it's supposedly light. What does the blurb on the back say? Uh, full flavor, no compromise. And it is much lighter in color than the other one. I think. I mean, maybe lighter in presence, but the actual color tone itself, I think, is darker. Like it's a darker yellow, but clearer. Yes, yes, I would, I would agree. It's it's yeah. a difficult comparison to make, but yeah. yes, I, I I'm a photographer. And this yeah. is <laughs> it's my job. Well, and it's it's more of a. <laughs> I think it's a bit more golden looking. Yeah. Smells like a lager. But it smells different to the big head. It smells maltier, I think. Yeah, and I'm I'm not I don't think the uh, the fruit notes are as strong. No, not definitely not in the smell. But yeah. we need to work that out in the flavour. Yes. Cheers. Because neither of us have ever drunk this beer before. Oh, we have, but not recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, actually, it does taste fruitier, but uh, almost like heavier fruits, not um, not lighter fruits, more mm, like don't... stone fruit and um, the, the darker coloured fruits. It's a different fruity flavour. Yeah, um, but definitely more malty, slightly more of that... Um, there's slight hints of that uh, cured meat t- flavour that the other one didn't have. Yes, and I'm, I'm picking up a bit less bitterness too. Oh yeah, this isn't bitter at all. No. Um, but still, like the other one, it's very very light in body, um, very easy to drink and really refreshing. Oh yeah. 
Very refreshing. If you hadn't said it, I was going to. You can say it again. It's refreshing. Like pressing F5. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so I guess now, because we've never talked about either of these two beers before, let's bottle cap rate them. Ooh. Um, they're fine, I guess. Nothing stands out. They're pretty... I mean, they're both real easy to drink, um, but not... not Sorry. Uh, but not, uh, not exciting in any kind of flavor. Um, so I'd actually rate them pretty highly because they're so nice and easy to drink, but I'm rating them down... Because the marketing is a, the marketing is a little bit uh, disingenuous. It's, yeah, it's not. They're not trying to do the right thing in by marketing the this low carb stuff. Yeah, and these are being picked up very heavily. And I guess we should talk about that a bit later. the The market that's actually buying these. And the fact that a large proportion of well, a large proportion of the female beer drinking market are drinking low carb beers, mm. thinking that it's lower in calories as well, perhaps. Mm, quite possibly. Um, so I'm going to give these a six and a half, um, mostly for the fact that. There, the, there's nothing different about it. If if you wanted a plain and pure lager, plain and simple lager that tastes okay, pure blondes work well. Same with the burly, big head, uh, no carb lager. Um, but yeah, they're they're marketing to a market that could probably do could probably or they're marketing to people that are looking for a healthier option, and it, I don't believe it is. Yeah, and I'll admit, lager is a very crowded marketplace. There's a lot of lagers that are as good or better than these. Mm. For the same price. For the same price, yeah. yeah. So they're, they're good, and what they do, they do well, and yeah. they're, very, they're definitely very refreshing, and the colder they are, the better they are, because lager. Yeah. But... Yeah, at at that price point, I would probably choose something else. Yeah. And yeah. Because they're they're not the cheapest either. And certainly the the big heads are a craft and you pay for them like they're a craft. Despite the fact that they're a lager. These were about this yeah, about the same for a for a six pack as you might pay for a six-pack of a, a pale ale or an IPA. Right. Um, the pure blondes are pricier than ma- other mainstream beers, but not craft beer price. Same prices. Actually, they're about the same price as the Fat Yaks that I like to buy. And the, the Fat Yaks sit on that sort of... That, um, that cusp. Yeah, they sit on that ragged edge between being mainstream and being craft yeah they definitely used to be craft but they're everywhere now 
Yeah, they yeah. they developed too much to now be considered a craft beer. Yeah. But yeah, so I, I would probably give them uh, six bottle caps. <laughs> of course you will. <laughs> yeah, it's... I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. If you enjoy the flavours, more power to you. And I hope you guys are more well-informed as as to what low-carb beers are in general. Yes, absolutely. Because that's, I, I suppose, the main thing, the main takeaway from this episode, apart from that they taste much like other beers of the same flavor profile. Mm. That's basically what they are. They're just other beers of the same flavor profile. Don't don't buy into the marketing. I guess if you can take that away, if that's what you if that's the message you've taken away from our blind taste test episodes, take it away from this as well. Don't mm. buy into the marketing. Yeah. Try it for yourself and if you like the flavor, drink it. And if you don't, don't. Um, you can also find um, low-carb beers that don't actually get named as low-carb beers. Uh, a lot of the uh, dry beers are actually low-carb as well. So you got the Tui's Extra Dry and the Han Super Dry for a couple of Australian examples. Um, I haven't got my list of American examples in front of me. Sorry, guys. Um, but I know the you know Bud Light... And Miller Lite and those ones, those are low-carb beers. Um, the, uh, the the light descriptor in other countries is not... The light descriptor in other countries is not referring to the alcohol content. It's referring to carbs, which uh, confused me for a long time when people would uh, drink a lot of Bud Light to get drunk. And I was like, why is everyone getting drunk off light beers? But no, it's uh, light in carbs. Yeah, because if you're drinking a light beer here, you're not going to get drunk. No. I mean, unless you're going to smash a carton in a night or something, then yeah, probably. But don't do that. That's a lot of beer, though. Yeah. Yes, you probably spend half your time... Half your time yeah. drinking and half your time in the bathroom. Yes, that's, that's <laughs> what I was... I was like, that's a lot of beer. Yeah. Um, I haven't got anything else. Uh, have you got anything to uh, add? No, no, I, uh, I believe that's it for this episode. So thank you for listening. Yeah. Uh, if you liked what you heard, be sure to hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. We are a good drop all about alcohol wherever you get your podcasts from, including Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can also find us on the socials, Facebook and Instagram, mostly Facebook if we're honest, as a good drop podcast. Yep. And if you uh, want to check out our giant library of previous episodes, jump on our website, agooddrop.com.au. Or if you want to send us uh, an email, uh, let us know what you think of light beer. What's your, send us an email about what your favorite light beer is. We are a good drop at gmail.com. So be sure to tune in next time when we have another blind taste test, Irish whiskey. Yeah, it's been a long time since we've even mentioned Irish whiskey, I think. Um, 
way back in the the single the double digits episodes. Yeah, and I'm, I'm looking forward to getting back into Irish whiskey. I mean, I know we've we've hit at least one Irish whiskey in blind whiskey taste tests in the past. Yeah, but for a blind Irish whiskey taste test, this should be good because at the very least, we know even the cheapest one won't kick us in the teeth. <laughs> That is true. That is true. Uh, So until next time, cheers. Cheers.